The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome back to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community. This week, I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about one of my passions, and that's oracle cards. Well, more specifically, tarot and oracle cards. There's a lot of things in common between them and also quite a few differences. If you're new to card readings or divination or you're not quite sure how you feel about it, that's okay. We're going to go real slow and gentle today. I know that a lot of people have fears around this topic and for good reason. Um, Even in, you know, TV and movies, tarot cards are depicted as some sort of really scary occult kind of experience. But I think that it can be just as natural or part of a spiritual practice as meditation is. So, but I get it. My first deck, actually, I remember years ago, I bought um, a tarot deck and I opened it up and I wasn't quite sure. I was a little nervous. Like, is there some kind of voodoo magic in the cards or I don't know and I wasn't quite sure how to use them so I tucked them away and uh, didn't use them for a long time and then at one point years later I was living in a different place now and I was taking all these awesome classes at a metaphysical shop here in Seattle and I had signed up for some tarot classes and I went wait don't I have a deck I went through my stuff and I found it and that deck was Angel Tarot. Now, if you've listened to some of my early podcast episodes, you might have heard me mentioning angeltarot.org. Well, that website doesn't exist in its previous form anymore. Everything has been moved over to nadiadelacruz.com, including my card reading. So yes, if you didn't realize, I'm actually a professional card reader. So hopefully I know a little bit what I'm talking about, but at the very least, I definitely have a passion for it and a joy, and that's something that I want to share with you today. Okay, so I didn't start with tarot, um, even though that was the first deck that I bought. I actually started with oracle cards, and I didn't really go willingly. Let me give you a little bit of personal history for me and a big shout out to Kyle Gray, who's been an incredible teacher on my journey. I studied with him for three years, but I followed him for a lot longer than that. And I just loved the way that he talked about angels. He got me excited to learn about angels. And I explored that for a long time. He did these guided meditations that were really moving. And just everything he brought to the table was fresh and modern and current. And I was always learning new things from him. Well, he started this group where he, part of what he was going to do was going to teach us about oracle cards. 
And I thought, well, okay, I'm never going to be a card reader, but I'll go through it. It sounds interesting. And the most amazing thing happened was, first of all, I love Kyle Gray's decks. But when I started using Oracle cards, I really tried to have an open mind and I was following all the lessons and practicing. And when I started practicing doing readings for other people, I was like, oh my gosh, this really works. Like I almost kind of couldn't believe it that there was information that was coming to the surface that these cards were using as kind of signposts that I didn't feel like I would have known any other way. And the people that I was doing readings for, they were giving feedback about how it was really relevant and helpful to their lives. And we were in this community now where we were um, doing readings for each other and we were growing and learning and it was so much fun that I went through the whole certification and became a uh, certified uh, card reader with uh, Kyle Gray. Uh, one of his good friends is actually Radley Valentine who has created a number of tarot decks and somebody recommended him to me and I went and I studied um, to get the certified angel tarot reader certificate and Radley's course was so awesome again he was so approachable and really well informed and he just had a different take on things that wasn't scary or intimidating or elitist it was like anybody could do this, you can do this, you know, and he helped us learn the cards and learn how to use them. And I realized that there was so much overlap in the function of Oracle cards and tarot cards. And the way that I learned about it was like the experience was so heartwarming for me. I had a local community here. Um, I had a couple of teachers here in Seattle that I learned from, um, as well as Radley and Kyle. And, it, you know, it was all just, it was really exciting. Like, it was so fun to read for people. It was so fun to have them read for me. And not just that, it was really helpful. And when I went through a difficult period of time, Actually, the year that my father died was kind of in the middle of the year that I had committed to doing a daily card online. So if you follow me on Facebook, Nadia Del Cruz, um, I it used to be really all card reading stuff. Um, and then all these just sort of inspirational memes, which I still do. I love those. So I like to share them with you. You're my kind of people if you love those. So let's have some fun together. But it, I was doing a lot of uh, card reading online. And I committed to a daily post of daily card, a little message and a card for every day. I was doing that every day during the year that my dad died. And I realized that when stuff hit the fan, so to speak, in my life, that these practices proved not to just be something silly and meaningless, but that it was actually critical that these practices of connecting and opening my heart and being in a receptive state for divine guidance, you know, it felt sacred, it felt nourishing, it reminded me of who I really am, it re reminded me of what's possible, you know, which is the role that Wayne Dyer had in my life. Dr. Wayne Dyer is one of the people that really opened that door for me that anything's possible. And I'm continually challenged by life to um, 
come back to that remembering that there is another way to exist that doesn't have to include so much suffering. So when I was in this period of grief, I continued reading the cards. Um, I stopped reading them for other people for a while um, because I needed that. But I was still very much using them in my own practice and in my own life. And so I guess... I guess what that is, is my testimony, (laughs) not in a religious sense, but in a, this is something that really helped me. And I think it's important. It's not just fun and silly, but that we need to connect and we need to feel inspired. We need to know that we can feel inspired. The most common thing that I hear from people is that they'll pray or they'll, they'll send out good intentions, but they don't know if they're actually receiving anything back or they believe that they're not. Now, I really believe that we are always surrounded by support, that you have, I used to say you have a team of angels, guides, and ancestors that are here to support you and love you, and you're not taking anything from them by reaching out with an open heart and saying, this is what I'm going through. And sometimes we can't move forward until we admit that we don't know how to move forward. We surrender to the not knowing. We surrender to not having it all figured out. And then all these possibilities can present themselves to us. So for me, that's what oracle cards can be. That's what tarot cards can be. They're interchangeable to me in my practice, but that's also because I spend a great deal of time studying a tarot deck and what all the different cards mean. Oracle cards are a little bit more um, flexible. They, they don't have the same 78 cards like tarot do. They can be any number of cards. And it's really up to the author of what they want to put it in. But I have, I have some of my favorite decks. Uh, later in this episode, I'm going to share with you what some of my favorites are and why. And I'm even going to pull some cards for us just to give you a taste of kind of a general message that will hopefully meet you right where you are right here today and give you something to give you a little boost forward about the right direction for you at this time. So why don't we start with what is tarot? Okay, everybody's heard of tarot cards. You might be really interested in them. You might be afraid of them. People might tell you they're evil. They're not. Um, uh, And I don't think that the magic is in the cards. The magic is actually in you. The cards are just a tool. Like there are signs and symbols around us all the time. I've talked about this before. You can you can see it in an animal that shows up for you or something on the back of somebody's car or their license plate or a song that comes up or words that a stranger says to you or somebody calling at just the right time. Like, like there are so many mysteries to the experience of life and existence and consciousness. How arrogant can we be to think that we humans have everything all figured out? There's so much mystery and I think that there's incredible beauty in the mystery that is you and that is life and that is this conscious experience that you bring to life. I am never going to try to understand everything. I have been on this earth long enough to know I'm not going to have it all figured out and that's okay. I'm here for the experience. Um, But 
knowing that there is this mystery, that there is this energy underneath all things, I think that we can connect to that. So tarot cards, that's 78 cards always. And you can have different artwork on the decks, um, but it's always 78. You have 22 major arcana and 56 minor arcana. There are sort of default meanings and symbolism for each of those 78 cards, but the interpretation can vary a lot. So I may pull the same card for you and it's going to mean one thing and I'm intuitively interpreting that. And then on another day, I'm going to pull maybe the same card for somebody else and a different aspect of that card is going to come forward. So it's not just face value. It's really a signpost and you need to have your intuition tapped in, turned on. You know, you need to you need to know how to put yourself into that receptive space and become the hollow bone. You do not have to read for others to get the benefits of tarot or oracle. You can certainly just read for yourself. If you're interested in tarot, there are some great books and courses. I do recommend Radley Valentine. He's a great one. Um, he, I'm sure he still has a course online through Hay House that you can sign up for, but there's a lot of different ways. You can just open a deck uh, and get your hands on it. I still love Angel Tarot by Radley Valentine, and the beautiful thing about that deck is it's also very beginner friendly. There are keywords on the bottom of every card that will help you interpret what the message is for you. There's also a book that you can get with the deck that's called the book big book of angel tarot and I love that because it goes a little bit deeper into each of the cards and even just the deck in general um I have other tarot decks some of them are just for fun I have one that's like a cat tarot and you know that's not for everybody but my point is like the it's almost it's like the artwork that changes so it's which cards speak to you I think I'm a very visual person that even when I'm doing something um, like a, a guided meditation or a shamanic journey or um, just envisioning something, I do, I sort of um, see things in the mind's eye quite clearly. And I think that visual response works very well with cards for me. I feel like I receive the messages really well. Now, other people may prefer other forms of divinations like runes or um <laughs> I'm trying to think um like crystal pendulums some people like those those really didn't click for me uh I do think that because there's signs and symbols everywhere you can kind of use anything in one of the classes that I took we did a really fun exercise where you use like a rock and like you look at the rock and like if you sort of open your mind like what what message comes to you you know, and there's something beautiful about just connecting to nature or just clearing your mind and getting into that space. But if you love cards, you love cards. It's a great tool. Why not? Right. It doesn't have to be cards, but it can be. So there's a really interesting history to tarot that I, I kind of want to get into. I don't want to nerd out 
on you too much today because I know a lot of people listening might be brand new to tarot and this isn't going to interest you as much because I've been reading for many years and I have I have an antique deck from the 1800s from um, from France and I that's just like just a really cool thing I keep in my office. I have some replica decks um, from the the 17th century and just a number of other decks that I read with regularly. Um, but I don't want to go too deep into the history because that could absolutely be its own episode. But why don't we just cover a little bit if you're curious about like, what is tarot? Because you may have heard some things about the history of tarot. Um, so let's get into that a little bit. So the first tarot deck wasn't actually called tarot. It was called Tarochi or Tarochini. And that was in uh, Italian um, a card game that was really only for the wealthy. Because if you go back that far into the, what well, was the 1600s, if you go back into the 1600s, they didn't have printing presses yet. So in order to have a deck of cards, somebody had to hand draw and create each one of those cards. So it was really only wealthy families that have that. So the oldest decks go back to, I guess, um, 15th century Northern Italy. And a lot of the imagery that you'll see on these decks is from the Italian Renaissance. And I think if you put it into that context, it's going to make a lot more sense. The tarot deck that most people are familiar with, we know as the Rider Waite deck, and that came out in 1909. And that one had the first, that was the first deck with illustrations for each of the 78 cards, like unique scenes depicted. Um, not just sort of numbers of elements on the minor arcana. So there's 22 major arcana, 56 minor arcana, which are also known as the suit cards or pip cards. It's actually very similar to a regular uh, deck of playing cards. So playing cards have 52 cards, and it's four suits, spades, hearts, diamonds, clubs. And the, the tarot deck has their own suits, that's often known as coins, clubs, swords, and cups. Um, there are a number of variations on that. And in the modern decks, you might use um, different suits altogether, like representing seasons or elements. The Angel Tarot deck has earth, air, water, and fire. And I think that's really cool. That Angel Tarot deck was meant to be like a really gentle representation. So, you know, if, if you've seen the death card in the Rider Waite Tarot deck, it's in movies all the time. You're like, ooh, scary. Like this deck was made to sort of bypass all of that for people who are more sensitive. They also made it really um, just easy for anybody to use. So we touched on a little bit that the original tarot was uh, Taroki or Tarokini, and it was really just a game. It was game for the wealthy. They had 
but they were only using the major arcana. So it was 22 cards. It wasn't 78 cards. And they would use these for a game um, similar to Trump's, I guess. But eventually it became known for using as divination. And they would like go around the table and depending on what card you held, that it represented something about you. And so there would be a person that would be like giving the person information. But I think it was really kind of in jest. Like it was just, it was something fun. It wasn't maybe something that was taken so seriously as, you know, a fortune teller, this is really what's going to happen. It kind of evolved into that over time. So it actually changed a lot um, in, uh, you know, a couple of hundred years, as you can imagine, once the printing press was invented, um, they were able to mass produce a deck of cards. Now, Marseille was, uh, an area where they were booming, um, with industry there. And so you may have heard of Tarot de Marseille and I have a reprint of one here that was, uh, from 1760. So you can still have the same artwork from back then. Now, the oldest card deck, I have a reprint of it. Uh, my deck is called the Golden Tarot, and it's a print of the Visconti Sforza deck. The Visconti Sforza deck is one of the oldest and most complete tarot decks in existence, dating back to the mid-15th century. So um, it used to be to play a popular card game over the next three centuries became a tool of divination, which is how they're most commonly associated today. Now, you may have heard that tarot comes from ancient Egypt, and I haven't seen any evidence of that. Everything that I found talking about tarot really points just back to these you know, Northern Italy roots that started as a card game. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Whether they were inspired um, by ancient wisdom or symbols or teachings from, from way back or from other places, Egypt, Kabbalah, um, that may be. Uh, but I don't think that's where this deck actually originated from. And it wasn't even used really for divination from the start. So, to me, that takes a little bit of the the mystique out of it, but it doesn't make it any less special. Um, early French occultists claimed that tarot cards had esoteric links to ancient Egypt, the Kabbalah, the Indic Tantra, or the I Ching. Um, and a lot of people are still repeating that information today, but the scholarly research that was done just shows that there wasn't really any evidence of that. I think when we really started seeing the cards being used to tell people's fortunes um, or to like give a reading for people was later on in, um, in or the 1700s when Tarot de Marseille came out. So and then, of course, the deck that we know best, which is the Rider-Waite deck, which came out in 1909. The Rider-Waite deck was put together by a mystic named uh, A.E. Waite, and it was illustrated by Pamela Coleman Smith and published by the Rider Company. So you might hear it as 
Rider Waite Tarot, Waite Smith, Rider Waite Smith, or Rider Tarot. I d- <laughs> you may have noticed my pronunciation varies. Tarot or or Tarot, I think, are both correct. Um, but this deck is the one that has really lasted over the last uh, 120 years almost. And that symbolism is sort of iconic uh, in our popular culture today. But it did come from um, mystics and the occult and, of course, the original decks that we could find um, like that, uh, like that Visconti Sforza deck. You know, the the illustrations are similar because if you think about if you've looked at these decks, you might, you know, there's like kings and queens and people on thrones and it looks very sort of medieval, but it's actually very Italian Renaissance. To me, the symbolism isn't especially relevant for today. Like the symbols don't mean a lot to me. I have to learn them. I have to learn what they represent. But at the time, they were common to the culture. So other tarot decks may speak to you more in a modern sensibility while still retaining the original meanings of the cards. And I think that's really cool. So Rider Waite was um, the first one that had unique pictures for all of them. So that's probably why it's stuck around. Um but it is interesting, the history. I don't really want to dive too much deeper into that. Hopefully I haven't lost you. <laughs> Hopefully I haven't bored you too much with my nerding out. I was trying not to get into too much detail about all of this. But so what I love about tarot is I feel like it's a system that was designed to represent the sort of the drama of life you know, and that it can refer to things that are going on mentally in your thoughts, things that are going on in your life, um, you know, passions and ideas and things. It can represent where you are on a journey at the beginning, at the middle, at the end, ready for something new. It can represent people in your life and and conflicts or, um, or you know, collaborations that may be happening. And so tarot to me feels like a very nice practical way to kind of get a look at what's going in, what's going on in my life, what's going on in your life. Um, I love the uh, classic Celtic cross spread that's 10 cards. It's a lot of cards. Sometimes it takes me a while to talk through them all. Um, But it's worth it because I can glance at that and kind of get an idea of where you are. And it's always with that, you know, inspired look at what's next. Like, where is your power? Where are you headed? You know, and what is this? What are you experiencing? What is this based off of? There's a lot of different um, spreads or ways of laying out the cards to represent different things, different stories that um, I find very useful, but also you don't have to have a whole spread. I think if you're new to cards, the best thing to do is a daily card. And the card is, um, I don't want to say less significant than the state that you are in or the sort of practice you have surrounding it, but it's not just the card. So I really believe that using oracle cards or tarot 
can help you increase your intuition. I've wanted to do a whole course on this for a long time, but you know, my life is kind of busy. So I have all these things waiting in the wings. Um, I actually started doing the artwork for an Oracle deck too, but even if it doesn't come one day, um, I love the paintings that I have from it. So, you know, those are still special to me. But if you have a daily card practice, okay, here's what I recommend. Pick out an Oracle deck because Oracle is, is the simplest to get started from. Uh, if you're like me and you love Kyle Gray, he's got some great ones out there. The one I use the most is called Angels and Ancestors. And that has a beautiful blend of, um, you know, angelic vibes and shamanic sensibility. It blends that kind of earth and angels. And that's really my, uh, my vibe. So I, I enjoy that a lot. It speaks to me. The artwork is beautiful. The, you know, the, um, the assortment of the cards is really thoughtful. The guide deck is really clear, but really any Oracle deck, you just pick one that calls to you and, or that you think looks nice, or you know something about the author and you get the deck and treat it as something special, you know, cause you're putting your energy into this paper. You're putting your energy into this and it's mixing with the energy of the people who created it. And you're setting an intention and you're clearing a channel to receive something from the divine. Now that divine might be God. It might be you. It might be your higher self. It might be the spiritual part of yourself that you're finally opening to listen, opening to listen to your own inner wisdom because you're connected to all of it. It might be a spiritual guide that you have or a guardian angel or an ancestor or a friend that has passed over or some collective energy. To me, honestly, at this point in my journey, it doesn't make a lot of difference how I define that source of divine guidance, as long as it is of the light, as long as it is full of love, like you're never going to get something from a truly divine source that's going to scare you or have a timeline on it, or you better do this or else. No, I don't believe that at all. It's always with love. It's always with optimism and clarity and peace. If you don't feel a sense of peace, even if it's um, difficult information or difficult subject or difficult guidance, maybe it's not what you wanted to hear. But if you feel a sense of peace with it, I always trust that. So if you get a card deck, treat it as something special. I like to keep mine in little silk bags. You don't have to do that. You can keep it in the deck or in the in the card box that it came in if that works for you. I love to just even clear five minutes, light a candle, do a little prayer or a little meditation or, you know, whatever your jam is, and I will shuffle the deck and I'm shuffling with the intention that I'm opening myself to guidance. And that's when I'm opening that channel between me and everything, between me and God, between me and my higher self, between um, everything that is divine. You become the bridge between heaven and earth. You're opening the channel and it's really as simple as setting an intention and feeling it. And then I say, you know, thank you for revealing to me what I need to know today. And this can be your daily practice. You shuffle, sometimes a card will pop out, right? 
I love the cards that pop out because there's a lot of energy in that, like wanting to, to bring you that message. Pull it out, take a look at it, sit with it. What's the first thing that you see? What colors are jumping out to you? It could be a little detail in the corner that you're like, oh, that reminds me of something. And start learning to trust that. Start learning to trust your intuitive first impulse and everything that follows. And you really can increase your intuition, not just when you're holding a card deck, but all day, every day, no matter where you are. The more at peace you are, the more tuned in you are, the, the more you do your spiritual practice. It's like going to the gym. You know, you got to work that muscle. You practice getting yourself into, into that space and it can change your life. <laughs> change your thoughts, change your life. Also, daily card practice can change your life. Now, you can get a lot more advanced than that. You can do multiple card spreads. Um, three card spreads are probably the easiest. I'm not going to give you one of those today as an assignment. If you'd like to learn more about card reading or you'd like to get a card reading from me, I do still offer them on my website. I don't have too many spots available because my schedule is very full, beautiful and full. Um, but I'm not here trying to sell you a reading. Uh, I'm happy to offer one if you think that's going to be helpful. But really, I just want to share some of the knowledge and the passion that I have for cards. If you're interested in some of my antique tarot decks, I'm going to share some pictures of these on Facebook, or you can message me through my website, NadiaDelacruz.com, and I'd be happy to chat more or, you know, offer a recommendation for a deck or, or anything else. Um, there are a handful that I use on a daily basis. I think I mentioned my top two with you today. And then, and then some of the, some of the historical ones that I have. All right. Well, I hope that this has been helpful and informative and interesting and, uh, you know, there's so many different things that we can talk about when it comes to Oracle and Tarot cards. The main takeaway that I want you to get today is that, like, the magic isn't in the cards, it's in you. And you're really just opening yourself up to guidance just like you would in any other sort of spiritual practice. And it can be part of your spiritual practice. Give it a try. If you like it, great. If it's not your cup of tea, like, no problem. Or maybe you love going for readings, but you don't want to do them for yourself. That's okay, too. And then others of you may just develop such a passion for it that you want to share it and do readings for your friends or start a business. Whatever it is, we run the gamut. Our differences are beautiful. And you got to listen to that inner calling of what feels right for you. I never imagined that I would be a card reader. It just seemed really unlikely to me. But the fact that it worked and the fact that it spoke to me and the fact that I loved it and it was lighting up my own life and then even having that experience of going through grief and realizing that these cards were actually helping me find my way back to my center that I, I still come back to it again and again. And sometimes even my friends have to remind me like, if I'm starting to get bogged down by something in life or I'm, you know, weighing a decision, they're like, have you pulled cards on that? I'm like, oh, right, I should do that. So we all need reminders on our path. 
And sometimes I need that reminder too. So thank you for listening to this. And before we go, I would like to wrap it up with a little card reading for everyone who's listening. Okay, so I have Kyle Gray's Angels and Oracles deck here. And I'm going to do a three card spread um, for the collective. So for my audience, uh, through the magic of space and time, the mystery, no matter where you are when you hear this, regardless of when this is recorded, this message is for you. May it find you where you are and help you on your path. Okay, these cards are so beautiful, by the way. I'm going to take a picture and share it on my Facebook page. Uh, if you follow me there, you'll get to see it. So the first card is the heart card. And this represents uh, what we have been doing well. It's honoring what's working for us at this time. And the card is night. Be brave and honest. Night with a K. And honesty takes so much courage. To be honest in who you are. To choose boundaries, you know, to close yourself off to the noise and the pressure of the world so that you can hear the beat of your own drum. There are so many forces at play in our lives that pull us outside of ourselves, can make us feel afraid, can make us feel helpless if we just succumb to that. You got to come back to your center. So this is honoring that you have done the difficult work of establishing boundaries. You may feel a bit battered. You may have wavered in your confidence on these issues. But every time you tune back into your heart, you know that this is the kindest, most honest thing that you can do, not just for yourself, but for those in your life. You have to show up with honesty, or not only will you burn out, but you know, it just doesn't come across the same way. We can't just be givers all the time. We need to take care of ourselves. So my friends, you have been doing a great job of honoring your boundaries and choosing truth. Even if you don't voice that truth, to own it and make your life choices by it is huge and it's working really well for you the heart card. I love this. I love, okay, so sometimes more than one card comes up at a time uh, because they sort of stick together and it, it amplifies the message, let's say. It, it, it richens the context of, of what is coming forward here. So the heart card represents what you desire. And it's not just what you want, but what's on what's on its way to you, what's available and on its way to you. So what you desire also desires you. And the first card is the seer card, see beyond the current situation. And you see this woman with a crystal ball and she's practicing divination. Her doubt has fallen away and she is receptive to the intuition that is always around us. Um, 
and the shaman card, which is trust in higher forces. So these are, I mean, oh gosh, the shaman and the seer. These are huge cards for me. Um, Patrick, if you're listening, you will know why. Um, the shaman and the seer says that for those of you who have stuck with me to the end of this podcast episode, you're interested and it's on its way and that you have this ability within you and that you can manifest this rich, deep experience of life where you're connected to all that is, you're receiving guidance, you never feel alone, and you understand the tools that are available to you. So that is a, oh, that is a beautiful journey to be on. Congratulations. Bravo. Now, the final card also comes up as a double card. The first one is Magic Guardian. Unlock the magic within. And... Um, this is your challenge card, but it doesn't mean it's an obstacle. It's like a prescription. It's like a prescription for manifesting the desires of your heart. So to unlock the seer and the shaman within you, you need to tap into the magic within. Now, this is an angel, the magic guardian. So we're getting that just white, beautiful, golden light coming down from above. You can feel it on top of your head, down onto your shoulders, like golden light that flows over you, protects you, lights you up, inspires you, unlock the magic within. There is magic within you. If you believe in angels or, or that's a, a concept that helps you to connect with that divine energy, dive into it because there's something there for you. But just know that you have magic within you. You don't have to get it from anywhere else. And then the last card is Hunter, which is the second part of that challenge card or that prescription for manifesting the desires of your heart. And this is track down your fears and desires. Okay. So what obstacles, you know, what's coming up for you? And if we're talking about the context of this episode about uh, divination and oracle cards and tarot cards and all of that, which might be really woo woo, it might be. Or it might be really practical and it might just fit into the mysteries of all of life. But if you have fears that are that you're bumping into, that's okay. Say hello, fear. How's it going? It's good to see you and walk right on by, you know? You don't have to let the conditioning from your past, from your culture, from your religion, from your family, it doesn't have to stop you from being curious and being open and diving into the truth of who you are. You are a spiritual being having a human experience, not the other way around. These mystical moments are a core of who you are, not an exception to it. It's not some magic you know, fairy dust that comes down once in a while. It's actually who you are. You are divine. So you've done a great job setting boundaries. Your heart is yearning for that um, dance with life that has the knowledge and the courage and the peace to trust in higher for forces and see beyond the current situation. And your work now to, to bring that heart, um, those heart desires to life, to manifest that, you know, tap into the magic guardian, unlock your, that magic that is always within you, track down your fears and your desires. You have to be open to all of your feelings. 
We're so often conditioned to shut them down. And this is one thing that I learned from Kyle Gray, and I will forever be grateful that you have to be in tune with your emotion if you want to be a reader. (laughs) Because like, this is the mechanism for which we receive information, energy is information. And we often experience that as emotion and sensation within our bodies. So if you are shutting down all the difficult, hard things in life habitually, you're also shutting down all the beautiful things and you turn off your ability to connect with all that is and receive divine guidance. But that's not going to be you, right? Because we just did this reading and we see a different path for you. I'm really excited. You know, um, this is this is so much fun for me to share my passion for the cards with you. If you'd like to learn more, come to my website, NadiaDelacruz.com. If you click on readings, you can learn more about what I do there. Please send me a message. You can hit the, the go to the contact page on my website or contact me on Facebook is where it's easiest to find me. I'm going to share a, uh, a picture and a write-up of this reading. I'm also going to share some photos from some of my historical decks for my fellow uh, card reading nerds out there. And, you know, we're on an awesome journey. Like, like we're just getting started. There is a whole new chapter that's opening. We've come through a very long um winter that has been hibernating for so many of us, myself included. I've been busy, 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 but I've sort of been underground busy. Um, So you may relate to that. I feel like (laughs) that's what's going on for so many of us. But the seasons are going to change soon. The energies are changing. You know, the doors are still all open for you. Tap into those desires and lead yourself forward with confidence and with peace and knowing that you are never alone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And I'll see you next time. Namaste.